used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Hey Todd, I got a question for you. Shoot, go ahead. If you were having a national championship team, oh, like a football team or something like that. Yeah, if oh, they yeah. were if they were going to come to your place, mm, I could put them in there. Yeah, I got a big were, backyard. And you were supposed to feed them. How many hamburgers do you think you'd have? Is it hamburgers or cheeseburgers? Uh, hamburgers, no cheese. Um, I would probably shoot for. Gosh, are football players. I'd say probably 10. 10 per guy, I think, would be my uh, my number. You say 10? I said, yeah, 10, 1 0. You said 10? What a coincidence, Todd, because this is our 10th episode of Her Ice, and that is our incredibly culturally relevant intro into our 10th episode. Hello, everyone. I am one of your hosts. I am Peter Odney. I'm here with Todd Houck, who says that he would serve a national championship team 10 hamburgers instead of 10 cheeseburgers which points to just how cheesy we can be todd how are you i am cheesy i would probably get cheese instead of the ham that's what i would go i'm more of a cheeseburger guy but um be enough enough food talk i could we talk about food for hours but yeah, like you said hungry this is uh, a benchmark for us this is our 10th episode of her ice um, where we sit around and chat about uh, Minnesota high school girls hockey. We talk about stories, players, games. Uh, once in a while, we throw a little non-hockey uh, piece in there. But today, we're going to start focusing on hockey because uh, with 10 episodes, we've kind of become uh, masters of the conversation. Uh, we are podcasting live from the Studio 1A at the YHH Home Office, located in Bloomington, Minnesota, which is sunny and about 16 degrees outside. Tropical. Uh, one of our big sponsors, by the way, who is not cheesy What's However, is map hockey. Uh, if you're looking for that extra edge, trying to get off third line, or looking for an opportunity to keep your feet moving and rock and roll, and you don't feel like Triple A is your thing, you're not really sure what your off-season training is going to be. Hey, check out map.hockey for opportunities for squirts, peewees, bantams, and also high school uh, boys, girls. Doesn't make a difference. Goaltenders, skaters, maybe a coach needs to just get their edges <laughs> fired up. You know, they want to get that that uh, that edge back in their game. But uh, definitely check out map.hockey if you're looking for a good training opportunity. Uh, as we do every single week, we like to get started with our ranking recap. And the only real guy that I know that knows what he's talking about is Mr. Peter Odney. Peter, tell me what's going on with the top ten. Gosh dang right. We get that top ten. We're top <laughs> ah! A lot of tens today. We're, like, we're gonna have ten bad jokes about our tenth episode. Wait till my singing joke. We're gonna we're gonna gloss over the top ten a little bit because there are a couple of teams that we're gonna get to uh, later on in the show. But first of all, welcome back, Hill Murray, going from number ten to number six this week after defeating then number one Blake five to four in overtime. The Pioneers unbeaten in their last eleven games. We'd also like to welcome Northright County to the Class Two A rankings. River Hawks. River Hawks. And in class one A, <laughs> in class one A, Duluth Marshall enters the rankings at number ten after scoring a win over Cloquet, Esco, Carlton, Duluth Marshall, a team that we will fill you in on a little bit later as one of our teams to keep an eye on. Uh, not a ton of change. We've got the revolving door at number one in class two A this week. It's Forest Lake next week. It could be somebody else, and Warroad obviously still number one in class A with a nineteen and zero record. We don't foresee. Warroad slipping out of that number one spot anytime soon. Negative Ghost Rider. Uh, one of the things we uh, like to chat about more than just this, the rankings, is there's players 
and games that have got players and teams to that spot so they are in the top 10 whether they were last week or as you said some of our new cats uh the river hawks and uh duluth marshall or the school of marshall in duluth uh one of those games i like to chat real quick about is going to be that hill murray with a stunning big tilt game winner over blake uh 5-4 peter tell me more about that hill murray game because i was uh not a shocker but uh, it I'd was consider it, it was an eye opener because Hill Murray's been playing well, so they're coming to the game obviously on fire. But Blake has been on fire all season long, except for one hiccup. So yeah, so Hill Murray lost three straight games. Uh, they lost their second three games after starting the year three and zero. And Hill Murray might have dipped a little bit. I know they certainly dipped on our radar. But Hillmary scoring a huge win over Blake at Blake in overtime. Joslyn mm-hmm. Olson scored the game winner. And uh, Miss Rachel Kennedy with 31 saves on 35 shots. Nina Steigauf, uh, three assists. Alex Beldy had three points in that win. It's a big-time win for Hill Murray. Penalty-ridden game. What do we got? We got seven yeah, that penalties. that was a fisticuff. It was a, it was a feisty game. But you know how it is when those privates get together. They just like to throw it down once in a while. Once in a while. Big win for Hill Murray. The Pioneers could go, after starting the year 3-3, three and three, the Pioneers could end up going 24-1. and one. That is a very realistic goal for the Pioneers. Oh, I think so. I think they're on the right track now. I think beginning of the season, like you said, wasn't looking like that. But once they got going and, and, the, and the machine started moving, obviously uh, that definitely uh, helped them out, especially with Stigoff and Blankhorse, uh, Blankenhorn. I'm sorry. Um, they got going in the right direction. One squad that we that had a really nice week since we talked to you last, and we always have games of the week, but this squad has uh, has – as they always do every single week, has got a target on their back, and this is the Don Hornets. Uh, and the reason I want to bring them up is not only did they uh, kind of enter the late conference battle, they've been having some good games. They've been kind of not roasting teams, but they've been some comfortable wins. You know, they've had a couple close ones. But back-to-back victories for the Hornets uh, is they beat – first they beat EP in in Prairie by the score of 5-4 with a C.C. Bowlby game winner late in the third. So that was a uh, tuck-and-groove game there where the Hornets prevail. And the other one, obviously, with the week is, again, they travel on the road to the pick, to the pick, Plymouth Ice Center, and they take a big victory over Wyzetta in overtime by Katie Davis. So uh, some big, (laughs) big victories for the squad there. Uh, And, again, the nice thing I like about that is because with Idana, it's always some of the big winners, you know, the Bowlby and the Keel and and the Jungle Sisters. But Katie Davis, who is a Harvard grad, uh, Harvard commit, I should say, she's only a junior, but it's nice of her kind of get that overtime win uh, and give her club, her her mates, uh, that W, and keep Idana hot as they are still hot as they are, uh, as you said, number four in your rankings in the in the double A. Yeah, Katie Davis, a real speedster. It's almost like she's moving two steps ahead of the play. Or Badum Tiss. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that'll be coming up later in the show. We'll discuss the uh, the highly publicized, quote-unquote, maybe alleged offsides. But in any case, another game that should be sticking around in your memory for a while. Uh, Big-time Breck, Class 1A with a win over Wyzetta. I'm going to run down these last few games for Breck. Run it a down Class for us. Class 1A school. Mm-hmm. So White Bear Lake 
one of the tougher two-way schools. They lost that one. They beat St. Paul United, a perennial Class A state tournament participant. Then they beat Grand Rapids Greenway, another strong team. They beat Edina 4-2. They lose three straight, but they lose to Brainerd Little Falls, top 10 AA. They lose to Blake, top 3 AA. They lose to Andover, top 5 AA. And then they beat Wyzetta, top 5 AA. I don't know if there's a team in the state that's gone through the scheduling gauntlet that Breck has gone through. Ali Francic makes 37 saves. Olivia Mobley has a goal and three assists for four total points as Breck takes down the Trojans. Breck will be battle-tested come playoff time. Oh, for sure. But I think those are, I mean, obviously now you want to lose now as opposed to, say, come February. So Truth. Uh, definitely a good time for them to, they're going to take one of the chin. But, you know, every, you never know. Edina, um, they had the two wins last week, and they've actually been in one goal game, three of the last four games. Remember last week they lost to Blaine by one. And it's tough to lose then, but, you know, that's where you kind of find where you're at. Was it a great night? You know, and that, I think that's the thing we, we take away from it. We assume Blake's always there, Warrell's always there. Edina, every night they're going to come, they're going to play, they're going to win, they're going to destroy. And it's like as much as we kind of forget these gals are 18, 17, 16-year-olds, things come up. Maybe they had something happen on the day that they couldn't get over. They got the hockey ring. They're not fully focused. They're kids. They're teenagers. So who knows? Every given night, it's tough to f- come through every single night, two or three games a week. So it's tough to just stay on top. It definitely is. So uh, one gal that's uh, staying on top is we moved to some players who had uh, either great weeks or we're going to recognize a couple gals who hit some milestones in the career. Uh, one of them i like to bring to your attention would be Miss Kylie Hopp. Uh, Miss Kylie is playing for, uh, we've talked about her a couple times in the past. She plays for Prairie Center, uh, which is a small hockey hotbed. hockey hotbed up there in the uh, Wadena Deer Creek. And the funny thing is the reason I kind of, you know, I was cruising, and I was peeking at stuff, and all of a sudden there's a friend of mine who lives up in the Wadena Deer Creek neighborhood and had said, hey, put up a thing on Facebook. I'm like, holy cow, she hit the 100-point club uh, for her career. So congrats to Miss Hop. Uh she did it in the form of an assist, uh, but it, it still recognizes her. She is uh, having a great season for the squad. The squad's not quite having the season that they were hoping to have, but right now she is number eight in the state in goals with 29 goals, and she's got 35 points on the season. So, uh, Miss Hopkudos, you were hitting the Hondo Club. The other gal, actually, the week that hit the Hondo Club. I got one point to make on oh, Kylie Hop. Give it to her. I got it. She ended up playing Bantam A for Wadena. She had to play a full season of checking with the boys. So, Miss Kylie Hopp, congratulations. A senior, by the way. So, hopefully that she's going to have some opportunities uh, next year to continue her hockey career. Obviously, uh, she is definitely there uh, doing great things as she is right now. Uh, another guy who's having a great season as far as uh, Chicago Lakes, uh, Jenna Lowry. I hope I say that right. Uh, I always, I always think of the spice every time I think her. She is spicy, but not only is she spicy, but she had a hat trick this week. Uh, unfortunately, it was as uh, Chicago Lakes fell to Northright County by the score of four to three. About in that game is where uh, Jenna scored her hundredth point as a varsity player. Uh, in that game, of the four goals that Chicago Lakes scored. Uh, she had four uh, of the four goals. She had a part of every one of them. She had three goals, got the hat trick and the assist. But again, they lost to a tough uh, Northright County team uh, by a score of five to four. So, uh, but again, Miss Lowry, she now has hit the 100 point club for her career. So, congrats to Jenna, and hoping that she's got some big things ahead of her. Uh, and she does because uh, she's not quite done yet. She is only a sophomore, and she wow. is committed to the University of Minnesota Duluth. She's in the 100 point club. 
Yes, holy cat. So she is, she's doing the right thing, so she's doing great. So congratulations to her. Uh, another gal we want to give a little love to uh, up there in the north part of the state is Miss Katie Santel, who's playing for the Rozo Rams. Kayla. Kayla, what did I say? I KT. Say Katie, Kayla. Um, sorry, Miss Santel. Uh, the reason I'll bring her up is because she had a phenomenal game uh, this past Tuesday, the 15th. Uh, they did have a, a kind of a blowout game. They beat yeah. uh, Bemidji 14-1. So now I emphasize that, but um, she did score a goal in that game. But the piece that we want to bring up is that uh, Miss Santel had seven assists that night. So uh, definitely kudos to her and a, and a mitt bump to her for her seven assist, eight point game uh, against Bemidji, which we'll have a little conversation about later on today. And also, one more gal we want to bring up to your attention is uh, a gal that not many people know about. Uh, she is a, a D1 commit, which is JD, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jada uh, Habish, who is from Buffalo. Uh, she is a UConn commit, and the reason I'll bring her up is because, first of all, on uh, Tuesday, uh, Buffalo beat Princeton 8-3. to Nice game. Good win for them. But she had the Texas hat trick, so four goals. So kudos to her for getting that. Nice. Not only did she get the Texas hat trick, but that is her fourth game in a row where she's got at least two points or more. So, Jada, uh, congratulations to your hot streak you're on right now, and hopefully you're going to take the bison to bigger and better things. The Husky, soon to be it. Uh, she is a currently she is a junior, so she's got one more year before she goes to UConn. And last but not least, we were talking about players. But we want to recognize a team that uh, is not having the best of seasons. And we've talked about that once before. They have a great logo, the Riveters <laughs> of St. Paul, uh, Henry Sibley. Uh, but the reason I want to bring them up is because with the season, which has been a little frustrating for them, uh, Saturday night they played Manketa West, and they defeated them by the score of 3-1. to one. Woo! Why is that a big deal? Because they broke their losing streak. At the time, they had, had a losing streak of 13 games. Won a couple games early, and then they won a bad streak. So kudos and a mid bump to uh, the Riveters for getting a W for the program, and that's a good taste, obviously, for the seniors in that of both schools. So yeah. kudos to you. Ella Graham makes 17 saves on 18 shots in the win. This game played outside at the Northdale Recreation Center. If we'd known it was going on, we might have been there, but very cool to see. That's your uh, backyard, too. It is my backyard. You I, could wear your Riveter shirt and be yeah, over there. You know, I'm in, a, I'm in a group chat, which is uh, Northdale Pond Hockey, and a bunch of kids from Como Park High School and a couple of Johnsons and a couple of Centrals and a couple of people who went to St. Bernard's like I did. And everybody's on there asking when we can go over to Northdale and skate. And someone said, oh, I think there might be a, uh, a high school game going on over there today. And lo and behold, lo and behold, there is a high school hockey festival over there. Festival of sorts. Festival. Sorts. All right. Well, great. Well, those, so uh, kudos again to all our players of the week and also our team of the week. Uh, let's move. Uh, let's step aside for a moment. And the reason you're going to step aside is because we have a couple teams that we want you to step aside for. Yeet! Is they are coming. They are some squads that uh, have been uh, playing very well as of the last month, basically. Uh, and they're putting themselves on the limelight. As every week, we like to recognize a couple squads that are on the up and coming. Sometimes you have to watch out for them. Sometimes they're quiet. Uh, and sometimes they are putting all ten fingers in <laughs> and uh, playing really well. But so anyway, we're going to move on to the next one, uh, which Peter kind of talked a little bit about, talking about those pioneers of Hill Murray, who are right now currently uh, sitting at a record of fourteen four and one after uh, winning uh, on Tuesday, uh, beating Hastings by a score of ten to one. A lot of good stats here in that squad, but. 
The thing I want to kind of mention with them is they are stacked with a squad. I mean, you talk about not only do they have uh, a handful of D1 commits, uh, they have uh, six current D1 commits on their squad, but the, the points are right there. Uh, first of all, you've got Katie Kaufman, uh, who is a uh, Merrimack commit. She's a senior, and she is leading the team with 22 goals. You have Nina Steigoff, uh, who has, uh, who's a, uh, a junior. She's a Quinnipiac uh, commit. She's leading the team with assist. And then uh, in the nets, you've got Miss Kennedy, and all of a sudden my brain turned off, and Miss Kennedy, there she is, Rachel Kennedy, who is leading the squad with nine wins. The cool thing I think I like and is we look through all these stats, I think the cool thing that I like most about the squad is usually you've got like the Taylor Smiths, or you've got the, the Quinn Coons, where it's one goalie, one team, that's all you see. But Hill Murray, they are actually a two-headed monster. In a sense, mm-hmm. they've got two goalies uh, by the name of Rachel Kennedy gets most of the plays. She's played 19 games, record 9-4-1, not too shabby. Uh, but they also have a other goalie by the name of Sadie Ball, who has played in 13 games, and she is, she's actually 5-0-0 this season. So how great is that as a coach going, I've got my number one goalie, but I actually have a 1A goalie. So in case Miss Kennedy is not feeling great or want to give her a night off, Definitely feels confident of putting Miss Ball in there and, and keeping the Pioneers competing and, and have a good chance for getting some W. So, uh, so again, step aside <laughs> for the Pioneers. They're coming through. That's a big that's a big step for Hilmer considering they lost longtime starter Ava Bailey and veteran defender Miranda Anthony. Both those girls opted to play for Gentry Academy this year. Ava went 15 and four during last year's regular season with seven shutouts. And uh, Kennedy played a little bit more of a backup role. So kudos to her for stepping in as the starter and playing really well. The goalies have had one shutout. Hill Murray has shut out one, one team this year. So, I mean, 14 wins and you've only shut out once. Decent goaltending. Average about two goals allowed per game. So They eight. also have eight players with 10 or more points. Oh, yeah. Keeps it coming. Love it. So, anyway, that's the Pioneer. So, step aside. Peter. We have another team we like to step aside for and let everybody know we'll about step this aside for. Step aside and let the gal come through. Let them come through. I believe we're talking about the the school of Marshall in Duluth. The school of Marshall in Duluth. We hinted at it a little bit earlier. Duluth Marshall, one of those teams, has been hovering around the top 10 all season. They finally break through. Uh, four of the team's six losses have been by a single goal. Mm. Toddler, can you believe that, my guy? They've won six straight games, a couple of quality wins against Cambridge, Isanta, Mora, Pine City, and Cloquet, Esco, Carlton. Their losses have come against some really quality teams, too, in Thief River Falls, uh, Grand Rapids Greenway, Proctor Hermantown. They started the year off with a two-goal loss to one of the top five teams in Class 1A, South St. Paul. Duluth Marshall, kind of a sneaky team, pretty balanced. Uh, really like, obviously, we like their uniforms, but they've got six play, seven players right now with eleven or more points. When you're scoring a spread out that broadly, you have options every night. Goaltender Char Charlesy, Charlesy, that can't be. A, is that a typo? Char Charles Chelsea, maybe Charlisa, Charlisa. Yeah, maybe I. Wow, that was bad. My bad on that one. 931 minutes played this year. 12 and six. She's played every minute. She's got five shutouts. Charlisa. I'm sorry for butchering your name, but well done, girl. Butchering. Butchering. I love the butchering. Just a quick little note about uh, Duluth Marshall. Uh, Actually, it used to be the old Duluth Cathedral. 
uh, which was founded back in 1904. Uh, it was actually originally a high school just for boys. And in 1910, the diocese added girls. But it wasn't until 1942 that the girl was fully co-educational. Never seen that word before, but that sounds wonderful. <laughs> co-educational. Well, thankfully, they admitted the girls because the girls' team is doing uh, just a little bit better than the boys' team. A little bit better. But you know what's still nice to have when there's more than just Duluth East that people talk about. We like to talk about the Hunters of Denfeld and obviously the school of Marshall at Duluth, as I was trying to find their nickname. (laughs) But unfortunately, everything comes up as just all about the M. So we'll keep it at the M's of Marshall, shall we? I think we shall. All right. Uh, so we've talked about step aside, and you know what? And I want to throw a little, a little uh, uh, PA out there, a public address announcement for all you. If there's a squad that you're on, and you want to get some love, and you feel like you're not getting the just respect, recognition, or just hey, give me a shout out. Hey, hit me up on uh, either on Twitter on YHH. Youth Hockey Hub, or you can shoot me an email at youth uh, yhhturney at gmail.com. Love to get some feedback from you. If you, we try to hit as many squads as we can, no sense of us talking about somebody that's already watched out for or step aside if they've been talked about once or twice because we've already seen them and we've let you know about them. They might have been a squad or two, like back in the beginning of the season where we're talking about South St. Paul was going to be a team watch out and they kind of done well. Slow down a little bit, went through a couple bad grooves, and now they're kind of back They've up. ebbed and flowed. They have. Year. So we want to make sure we're hitting everybody out there. So if you are a team or a squad that needs some love, we would love to give you some of that love. Or if you have questions, comments, concerns, mm. if you just want to complain a little bit. If you have 10 confessions. <laughs> or 10 commandments. I what are we like, at? Five or six, ten puns? Uh, something like that. I can't say. Anyway, uh, let's move past that. Let's move on to the big scene. Let's talk about the world of hockey. We are the world. And we're actually going to talk more about uh, uh, the U18 World Junior Championships in the U.S. of A, which had five, if I remember right, uh, gals from Minnesota that were part of uh, the USA that unfortunately did not get a smiley face in the, uh, the championship game. So, Peter, why did we not get a smiley face? Because we lost 3-2 in overtime oh. to Canada. The U.S. goes 1-8 for eight on the power play right there. in one the for loss. 1-8. Matty Wheeler scores the game winner for Canada. And he, Okay, here's my, here's my bone to pick. Bone. Here's, here's my Fog bone Fog in my pick. cage already. So I'm going to read you two sets of numbers. Goaltender A played 301 minutes and 34 seconds had a save percentage of 92, and a goals against average of 1.59. Dang. That's goaltender A. A, I like A. Goaltender B played 241 minutes, had a save percentage of 87.8. What? Not even 90%? Come on. goals against average of 2.24. Two plus? Come on now. That had I you know what this is a trick question so I'm gonna say player A was probably the Canadian goalie I bet no psych player A with the sparkling numbers was our own Skyler Vetter Lakeville North Team USA and goaltender B with the numbers not even close to Skyler's turned out to be uh, the tournament MVP Team Canada goaltender Ragan Kirk that is my bone it has been picked and I am frazzled. I almost in, dropped the F-bomb. That wasn't even in Canada either. That was in Japan. I know. I don't understand the Japanese bias towards Canadian goaltenders. Conspiracy does, theory? Does the red sun look like the red maple leaf? I mean, is there... Do you, we think, have, you think they panicked before giving out the tournament MVP? Like, well, they won, but she has better numbers, but 
this team won, so we're going to freak out and we're going to give tournament MVP to a player who had worse numbers. I don't know what this goaltender. specific detail, not that it relates to hockey, but I remember when they gave out the first MVP, I think of a Super Bowl, to a losing team. I think I want to say it was like a linebacker. For, yeah, for, like for the Cowboys? Cowboys, I believe. I think Ed, the, Ed, Ed, was it Ed Tutal Jones? No, he was a defensive tackle or nose tackle. No, he was a defensive end, I think. I don't think it was a linebacker. For the Cowboys. So Peter's looking that up. Our crack staff here. Her eyes. Uh, while he's wrapping that up. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley. See? Loser. Chuck Howley. Well, second place. Not really. So, hey, um, I don't want everybody out there in USA to feel like these gals are losers. Hey, no. they were the best gals the United States could put out there at the U18 level. So, kudos to those gals. Uh, the, the benefit of Minnesota hockey, guess what? They come back. And it's going to put, make their teams back up to. But considering that Skyler's 15 and she's playing at the U18 the World Championship. Oh, I know. That's ridiculous what you're doing. And she's then going to be the team USA goaltender forever. Yep, pretty much. So, all right. Uh, so, again, kudos. I know it's a silver medal, and we're sick of giving the gold to the Canucks. But Well, that was, that was the first time in four years that we haven't been the gold medalist. Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Guaranteed. Do you think New England it's, Patriots it's, go, oh, I'm really. Uh, I'm really sad for the silver medal, and we'll take this with that. No, they want the gold. They want the chip. They want the crown. Well, it's the it's the one uh, national hockey team that uh, you know finishes in the medals at the on the world stage. Very true. Very true. Uh, speaking of medals, uh, actually it has nothing to do with medals whatsoever. <laughs> well, actually, medal. No, it does. There's medal in the camera. There's medal in the skate. Because right now we're going to talk about something that that. Uh, that fired up Peter last night. I loved it because I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he <laughs> sent me a text message. At my phone just about blew up because it was so much passion and fire in his words. We want to talk about offsides. Talk and about I'm not talking what? about. I'm not just talking about offsides like, oh, the guy was ahead of the puck and it frustrates me because he was skating faster than me. No, no, no. We're talking about that part where now the NHL has been doing it for a few years where these – the offsides will knock off a goal because there's a guy that sits here and videotapes it, and then they're in the zone for about a minute, minute and a half, and then they score a goal, and they're like, hold on, let's see that because I think he was offsides. So, Peter, here's the platform. Burn the medal at best you can. I'm not going to give you 10 seconds. I'm not going to give you 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ten points with Peter on the goal. No, but we will give it 10 different comments. There is uh, a in alleged offsides in that Edina Wyzetta game, it appeared as though Edina's Katie Davis was offsides going into the zone on the overtime game winner. I thought it was offsides. I was watching the live stream. I was standing up and pacing because that's just how invested I am in that game. And oh. as soon as she scored the goal, I thought, that's offsides! That's offsides! But you take a breath and you realize that not every call is going to go your way. Nope. The referee may or may not. I wasn't there. May or may not have missed an offsides call. Human. But here's the deal. If you if you let a game come down to a single play, mm. like going offsides, then then I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you in that case. You you, you got outshot by a nearly two to one margin. You had your chances to put the game away and you didn't. So you can't let it come down to one play like that. No. And you're absolutely correct. I think they'll talk about other sports venues where 
you lose by an extra point or you lose by a missed field goal, then you're coming down or you lose by a strikeout or you left a guy in third base. It's like are you you're, the whole game is wrapped up in that moment that it should not be coming down to the wire. Mind you, as a sports fan, you love down the wire. That's what we breathe for, that's what we live for. The side of it that I was going to go with him, because he was talking more on that side of it, like the whole game should not come down to just that piece. My side that burns my cage is that when I'm watching NHL, which NHL has brought that into it, where they're doing that, you know, if you miss an offsides call and they score a goal and then you review it and then there was your reversal, which there hasn't been many reversals, I believe. They happened to the WAD this week, and I think my number serves me right. Bruce Boudreau is like one for seven, I think, this year on <laughs> um, on uh, reversals. And mind you, they, they stepped it up this year with the, the rule of, if you try to do the review of the goal, and then if you're wrong and they count the goal, then you get the two minutes. So it's like not only are you you got a goal scored against you, but now you have to serve a two-minute penalty for delay game, which I get it. It hopefully slows down all the reviews, which I think it has. But the piece that bugs me is that you you have fast-paced action. you got four guys on the ice as it is and professionals, and you're coming down to like where here's a the momentum. they got guys coming to the zone, and then you got a guy that's with a videotape. All it does is watches that blue line videotapes it, spot down, is the blade officially over the ice, is his body, is he going backwards, did the puck, and it's, it, it, it breaks it down to such a science that it drives me so crazy that we're coming down to that one play when the team goes in the zone and they've got possession and the defensive team can't get out and the offense keeps it in. And it's a one to one and a half minute shift. The next thing you know, they score a goal. Everybody's, woo, we scored. Hold on. We're going to review that. They're like, are you kidding me? That happened like two minutes ago. And I know it might be a rule that they want to push for, but it just drives me crazy because it slows down things so much. When you got to stare at that, then it's like, well, it looks like it could. You're just you're, you're, you're crossing straws. You're, just, you're arguing over just the smallest minute detail, which in Peter's case, hey, folks, if you're going to have the whole game gummed down, that one-second review that's going to take you 10 minutes, and guess what? The scoring team has got no momentum because they're sitting there with sweat going down their back and they're cold as heck in the ice. Not a fan of it whatsoever. So I mean, thankfully, there are no reviews in high school, but I was absolutely shocked at the amount of play this almost offsides clip got on Twitter. I mean, there's... Oh. I think there's been six or seven separate comments about that. She was offsides. She was offsides. She was offsides. Well, well, what was it? Was it the boys' state championship two years ago, I think it was? Remember there was that oh, goal? My, Michael Graham carrying the puck over the blue line, and he technically had possession or he technically didn't have possession. Just, just cutting down the microscopic. I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm watching a replay of uh, Davis's goal right now, and – she might have been offsides. I don't know. The camera is the camera's always going to move a little bit more slowly than the play. So the camera angle might have had something to do with it. The camera speed might have had something to do with it. In any case, you cannot blame one play for losing a game. Yeah, it's an overtime goal, but you had your chances to put the game away before that, and you didn't. So, Right. Opportunities are there. So You pack up. You move on. So, hey, if you agree with it, disagree us. Send us an email. I got a sweat going on. Tell right me your beef. Definitely, definitely your beef. All right, so let's change our, our topic to uh, not our 10 uh, favorite destinations, but I'm going to talk about three different locations, uh, St. Paul, Bemidji, and Italy. 
That is our three venues of our three questions. Are you ready, Peter? Yeah. Favorite segment of the Her Ice yes. question number one. Just came through the pike yesterday that the Constellation Series of the Girls State Championship. Can you hear me clapping? It will be at the Tria Rink. St. Paul, your thoughts? I love it. Why? I mean, everybody's been talking about, and myself included, how... The, well, the entire tournament, but at least they're taking a step with the consolation bracket. It should be moved to a smaller venue. If the Whitecaps can sell out Tria, I think that a consolation matchup between at least two AA schools should be able to come close to maybe filling half of it. It's a better venue. It's still in downtown St. Paul. It's where if these girls end up playing professional hockey, they're going to play for a team like the Whitecaps. This is the Whitecaps home building. You're building a bond, a facility bond between the pro team and the high school team. I love it. I think it's great. I like Tria Rink. The parking leaves a little bit to be desired, but that's fine. Percentage of a chance that the actual tourney moves to Tria? Four. Four. Four percent. <laughs> four, four percent. Four percent. Well, it's better than three and better <laughs> than zero. All right. Question number two. Uh, this coming weekend, we've got Hockey Day in Minnesota, which is in Bemidji, on Bermidji. Lake Bemidji. Are you excited about it, or could you care less about it? Uh, <laughs> that's, hey, it's an odd question. If they can swear on spit and chicklets, you can give us your opinion. Um. I, I honestly could not care less about hockey day. I if I was okay, if I was a parent or if I was a fan or if I was a player and a coach, I would be jacked. If I was literally anyone other than a journalist covering covering the sport, I would love it. It's a wonderful atmosphere. It's cool. It brings us back to our roots of playing outside and it's a boon for the town and it's great to have um, a, a sort of a carnival atmosphere to it, but I've <laughs> I've never experienced more logistical problems covering a game than I have at Hockey Day Minnesota. Trying to take pictures, do interviews, and write stories uh, outside in the elements in the cold. It's it's incredibly difficult. So from a journalistic standpoint, no, I do I do not care about covering Hockey Day Minnesota as a a fan and a player and a coach. Uh, it's fantastic. Speaking of the temperature, uh, the the 10-day forecast for Bemidji is going to be a high of negative 2 on Saturday yeah. and a low of negative 18, which takes us back to one of the first years, either year 1 or year 2, when it was up on Lake of the Baudette. Woods, Baudette, and it was 20 below ski mask on every player on the open tundra. Uh, I'm actually a fan of it. I love watching the outdoor hockey. I love watching college hockey when they're playing at Notre Dame. I like that venue, and uh, I embrace it. I know some people like don't like the hysterical of, and people like, well, it's been 13 years. It's kind of getting old, and the college <laughs> doesn't. You know, St. Cloud played last year on on the lake, which was cool. Yeah. Um, as a venue, if you're a hockey junkie like we are, and you're looking for a, a game to watch, hey, Bemidji's actually going to be on the ice tonight, hosting uh, Woodbury. So the girls, um, safe driving for the the Royals of Woodbury. As you go up there and take on. I cannot uh, imagine minus two. I was at the one at Holman Airfield, and I don't remember how how cold that one was, but my hands bled for the next two days because of how dry my skin was. Was but that the Jackson Nelson game with Laverne? That was yeah. That was my watch. That was a great game. St. Paul Johnson and yeah, Laverne. That was a good game. So hopefully right. magic repeats itself. You never know. That's all you can say. Um, question number three. We're gonna travel to Italy. This one, Peter. What is your favorite Italian food? 
That's so tough because all the pastas are different. If I, if I got that's why it's your favorite. That's why you got it. There's got to be a drop dead. If I take you to the restaurant, you and the gal are at a restaurant, classic Italian restaurant, red and white checkered tablecloth, <laughs> glasses of lemon water, lovely sabayon. Dripping, you've got lovely like cheese bread, garlic you, bread. Yeah, you've got good bruschetta with fresh, fresh oregano and olive oil and tomatoes on that wonderfully crusted bread. What dish is coming on your plate? Seafood pasta. Okay. Seafood spaghetti. Just like a crab, crab linguine. I'll go with crab linguine. Oh, I'm intrigued. Crab linguine from just about any place on the planet. If you throw enough butter and garlic and crab meat and mix it with any type of pasta, I will eat that. Okay. I love it. What about you? Uh, what about me? Uh, my favorite go-to Don't is... Don't say pizza. No, it's an appetizer. <laughs> it's what you're supposed to admit. It's a butternut squash ravioli. Ooh, uh, okay. Green Mill is Fancy got the pants. best. It doesn't even put on the menu anymore. You have to ask it by name. But butternut squash, best during the fall time, obviously, because everybody's folly. But, Fresh squash. Uh, but it's the best uh, ravioli. Um, in the galaxy. Wow. And uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm a big fan of ravioli. I mean, especially homemade. I mean, I, I wish I had that skill where I... Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news. What you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool. Would sit down and go make homemade ravioli with a little little mini pizza cutter to cut up <laughs> squares and stuff a little meat in there. and uh, So let's go to red sauce, white sauce. Doesn't does, matter. Vodka sauce doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just saying, it's, vodka sauce is very good. I like to actually mix red and, and, and uh, white together. It's a Pink good. sauce? It's 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 kind of like a carnation. <laughs> oh, you oh. making fun of my carnation? You making fun of my... All right, let's go get a bowl of pasta. We should get that. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of that, uh, we've gone through 10 rabid moments of excitement today, and I hope you've enjoyed all of it. Uh, I'd like to thank Peter for his insight today. Arrivederci. Uh, yeah, and his, uh, his 10 thoughts and concepts of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But most of all, I'd like to thank you guys and gals out there for listening to Her Ice because it's not his ice. So take care of yourselves and each other. Talk to you next time. Keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bouncing master Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool